Hey guys, Ryan DeMint from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. This week on the podcast, we have Alan Dumonceau, and I think I'm close to that, but we'll play with it. Alan is a purposeful action mentor, M-E-N guys, men. So Alan's going to talk a little bit about what he's been on for a journey wise, how he's working with men, but also what else he's got going on because I think he's got a few other things going. So Alan, welcome into the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show today, Ryan. I'm really grateful to be here and looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you for coming in. So I got to ask the question, you're north of the border in Manitoba. Is it cold yet? We're just starting to get a little bit chilly in the U.S. and Fahrenheit. We're getting at, in the evening. We're getting around the 36 to 32 degrees, but we're still uh, we're still above plus. I haven't really hit the minus temperatures just yet. So you really will get into those minus and get that far down? It gets that cold there? Yeah. Unfortunately, I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and we have the unfortunate, our piece is that we get such a wide variety of temperature ranges that we can go from plus 36 to 39 degrees, which is all close to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. But we can also be at minus that. And it's about the only time when Celsius and Fahrenheit come together, it's the same number. And that's uh, that's how cold and how warm it get here. So in mid January for sure will be minus forty, no problem. Oh my gosh! I, <laughs> God bless you because that's be- better you than me. I did my time in cold in Utah and Delaware. Now yeah. I got my flip flops on right now, my shorts, and we're having a cold snap. It's going to turn forty degrees tonight, so that's cold for us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> It's all relative, right? It is all relative. I'm born and raised in Southern California, so I'm just used to the warm weather. But anyhow, let's get into your story, Alan. Tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, and then we'll get into your journey and how you're helping men. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I started doing men's work here just prior to the pandemic, and it was really a a catalyst of a bunch of events that had happened about five years before that. And And we can get into a little bit even earlier on in my career with the Culinary Olympics and all that, but... I just about lost my second marriage five, a little more than five years ago. And it was through the grace of, of my wife that allowed me, who could see inside of me, the man that really existed and to give me that opportunity to really find him and then expre- and express him into the world. And then not long after that, her father lives not far from, from us. And so we had moved to in the same community so we could spend time with him. And he, him and I, his name is Bob, him and I got together almost every week. And he's a big New York Yankees fan. I'm a big Montreal Canadiens fan. And so we'd have the back and forth of who are the great, who are the greatest teams. But when he passed away, I was the one asked to go find him because he was missing for a day. And, and when I found him, my heart just dropped to, to see somebody so close to me in, in the condition that he was, that he was found. And when I realized that between the the marriage, not we're almost losing a marriage and losing someone so close to me that there was just nowhere for men to go, nowhere for me to go and express and be able to talk to people about the things that I was feeling, the stuff that I was going through. And so when I saw that there was this gap in the world, I felt that there was something, this calling that I just needed to do something about it. And so I started this journey to create a space for men to be able to do just that, to work through their problems, to become more purposeful in their actions. Because I think for the most part, up until that time, I would say that I'd walked around probably in a daydream. Not probably, I know I'd walked around a daydream just because of the results that were showing up in my life. And so those are, if I were to say, were two of the main catalysts that 
propelled me into doing what I'm doing today. Those are big catalysts to get, get you to where you're at. I, we've all experienced tragedy. I know it's hard. I've got to ask the question, what really triggered you? I know you said it was your marriage, but were there other aspects that trigger you that say, I need to make a change and then start developing what you have going today as in a program and helping men? What was the foundation after the marriage? And then also what you experienced when you, you saw that person deceased, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, what really was a catalyst is that if I stay, if I go back 25 more years, I had married my, had married, been married to my high school sweetheart. When that's, when that marriage ended, it ended and I lost everything. I lost my, my, my boys. I ended up having to claim bankruptcy and I got on this personal journey of self-development and, you know, pretty much read every self-help book there was out there. I took some programs, but all of that was really a mental aspect. None of it really was sinking into who I was as a person. And so while I could recite a bunch of quotes and, and knew some processes and certified in a few different things, it really wasn't showing up in my life. And that ultimately, when, the, when I just about lost my marriage, my wife's name is Kim. She just pointed that out and just said, Alan, all this stuff. So I don't understand why you're behaving this way. Why do you act this way? Why? What's going on? And so what the resolution was for me or what I re was really came to understand is that I was feel, I still had this huge emptiness, this gap of not feeling valued and validated and loved and appreciated. And it really was the start of to really hunker down and go, okay, like it, she's absolutely right. I do know this stuff. And so what, what are the decisions am I making on each on a daily basis? And so things that started to really come to fruition for me was recognizing that I was taking things for granted. I wasn't applying myself, although I could say the words and make it sound good. I really wasn't truthful. I wasn't living in integrity. I wasn't living from a place of true being. Instead, I was living a really superficial life. And so when that happened, that was really the piece that it really challenged me, forced me to hunker down because I knew, I agreed that there is this something inside of me that wanted more, that is more. And in what I was doing was too, was suppressing as I was too afraid that people will find out who I really am. And then if they mm. find out who I really am, then I may not be accepted. And that's still part of that journey, even it is today. And while I'm much better at it, there's still, there are still moments and incidents where I find this shadow piece that comes up, that part of me that I just don't want to really talk to or talk with that, that prevents me from potentially moving forward. And so it's really the, the basis and the foundation of why I'm doing this work. It's probably the works always, I think we always do things that we need to learn the most and what's a better way to do that, but with other, in a group, in a scenario with other men who are going through similar challenges or have had those experiences and can help guide myself and guide others as we're, as we move forward in our lives. It's tough to handle those tough moments in life. And then also dig deep is basically say your inners have to match your outers. And if you're fighting on the inside, how are you going to really truly show who you are on the outside if you can't resolve that? And that's, I, you, just like you said, we all struggle with it. I know I struggle with it. When you have those life events, it's hard to where you figure out those outlets, yeah, who you can depend on, who you can be safe around, where you can have those conversations, but then you get to share your feelings, but then you're all, it, it helps. And I say closure, but that's the first word that comes to my mind, but it allows you at least to start accepting it and work with it. And, and this is just me going down a rabbit hole already early is 
unfortunately, we have this thing called the internet and social media, and we have a lot of people that are very angry and cancel people out and talk down to people. And that just blows the situation up even more instead of having a two-way conversation and discussing things is difficult. Whether you agree or not, it's okay to walk away and not agree, but now you're canceling other people out. And that could also have some huge detrimental issues down the road if it hasn't already. 100%. I agree, completely agree with that. And I think the challenge is, and it's what's one of the one of the other challenges that we face as well, is, and not just for men, but in, in, in overall in society, we create these echo chambers. Sometimes they're, they're a little larger, other times they're pretty small. And what, am I, what I mean by that is that we do get into this piece where we cancel or dismiss other cha- differing opinions or differing perspectives mm-hmm. on a topic. But if we truly want to grow, if we truly want to have a deeper appreciation for ourselves and for others, then we need to be put, then we have to put ourselves in that uncomfortable position to hear and be and participate in something that may not, you may not agree with. And so that's why it's important, I think, for especially for men, because we tend to, for the work that I do, I, I see that lots of us are still afraid to reveal everything about ourselves. We still have this pecking order type of a mentality about where do we, where are we going to fit? Even in a room of guys, we're all there for the same reason, but there's, you can still see those instances where do I really want to say what it's on my mind? And that is where you need to do it the most. That's when we need to really challenge and push ourselves and I'm saying this more for myself than I am for the audience than anybody, because it's those opportunities that you learn. That's when I learned the most is when I've stepped out of that echo chamber and just hearing what I want to hear and for and challenge myself to hear something different. Amen. That is so truthful. Whether you're a man or a woman doesn't matter. When you push yourself beyond your limits, put yourself in that uncomfortable zone, whatever you're trying to accomplish, you learn the most from it. And the thing that happens, and this is where the podcast came from, is change. People are afraid of change. They think it's a four-letter word. And when you go to that other side of change, They think once you fail, you lost. And actually, part of failing is winning because you actually tried something. You're going to learn and you're going to better yourself. I completely agree because think about it. The moments in your life when you learn the most are probably the moments in your life where things haven't worked out exactly the way you wanted it to or it was a complete failure. And I would suggest that there are never failures in our lives, but there are learning opportunities for us to grow and find it out something about ourselves and I took and it took a while for me to get to that place and understanding and it's only been really pro I would suggest it's probably been in the last several months here that I've really recognized the blessing of just about losing my marriage and the blessing of being the one to we get a bit spiritual here but I truly think that's the way Bob wanted it he wanted me to find yes it can be I think the way you present all this and how you're speaking about it you're speaking from the heart but also you're open to, you call it learning opportunities. I say failure for the reason why is because failure with me resonates a little different than most. When I fail, I know that I've pushed myself to the limit and I wasn't quite ready for that challenge, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to try again. And that's how I motivate myself. Learning opportunities, I get it. I agree, either or. It's just my personal approach to it because in it, how it keeps me going. Because if I tell my story or of, failing at two businesses prior to this, $100,000 in debt, almost going to file bankruptcy, but I can't because I've got to go back to corporate America, get a job. And if I file bankruptcy, 
they wouldn't touch me with a 10 foot pole. So guess yeah. what? I've got to figure it out. I failed twice and then I got to figure it out. And there's just, I think it comes down to a point of you, you view it as a blessing and then I agree, but also at the same time, I take it as I put myself out there again, I failed, but I can come back to it in any time, but I've got to put the time and effort into it to grow as a human being, as a man, as a woman, whatever you want to say. But if you don't continue to put the effort into yourself, no one else will. Absolutely. And what I really appreciated what you're, I'm hearing you saying as well, it's about, and you're absolutely right about whether you, whatever terminology you want to use, failure or learning opportunity. The important part is the story and the meaning behind it. Because you'd be allowed to use that story and meaning to be a catalyst for change, then it's perfect. And I think that's why it's, again, it's about when we're having these kinds of conversations, it isn't about you know, my, the work that I'm doing, the work that you're doing, I get it. We're not the, we're not gurus here. We're all on the same no. path. We're all on our journey to learn and expand and become all that we can be and, and really live at the highest version of ourselves on a daily basis. And that means picking up these pieces, these nuances of well, that really works for Ryan. Perfect. Why change, why change the naming of something because it's working for you. And I think that's where, again, some of the challenges I would suggest that I also had to go through and continue to struggle with is that I go back to that, that pecking order or that comparison model. The moment we make, I'm making a comparison, there's only one, there's only two answers. I'm either, I'm either going to be above or below that. Not too often am I going to be at the same level. And, and depending on how you're doing that comparison, if you're more of the self-deprecating individual, then you're probably putting yourself below and you're dismissing the strengths that come to that come to it. On the other side of the coin, if you're always saying, hey, I'm better than this, and I'm better than these, this person, and that thing, then you're also dismissing the pieces of you that you're not willing to recognize, the parts of you that still need the work. Because there, we're always a, we're all a, a work in process, right? I always say life is a do-it-yourself process, do-it-yourself project. That doesn't mean do it by yourself. It means do it for yourself. For sure. And one of the things I've learned on this journey of entrepreneurship is if you don't have a mentor or several mentors that you can relate to and talk about your struggles, it's hard. And on a personal level, I have friends that I can have these conversations to, but like you said, I can't go as deep with them because they're not in the same position I'm in. They work nine to five. They're fat and happy. They're getting a paycheck every two weeks. They don't understand when you go to the next level in your business and you have to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, or you've got to skimp on something so you can make sure something's being paid before you get paid. Yeah. It's just a concept. And I think that's with life too. Personally, when you sacrifice in life with the things that you have going on, not professionally, personally, like your marriage, the things that you had going on and in, in dealing with, people that have, or they think they have a good marriage and they're not seeing those things can't relate to you. And then you come with a different approach or opinion because you're struggling with some stuff. And then those people are like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what that looks like. Yeah. That's hard for me because it's okay. I can't relate to you, but I try to. And I think yeah. that's where I struggle in this journey is finding the right people always to have at my table. Cause sometimes there's people that fit well, and then sometimes they don't. So it's, it's moving pieces for me. And I struggle with that. That's probably one of my biggest struggles. I, well, I would agree with you as well on that because we will, not everyone's going to be a fit, right? Not everyone's going to be a fit in our life. There's going to be, there are going to be people that will, we will resonate with more and less with. And I think key is that 
while we may not be able to share similar experiences or understand that what they're somebody's going through, if we can, I think really that work is how do, can we discover what's underneath that and what's going on? I know I haven't really been too, I'll be more explicit on the struggles of the marriage. The reason why I just about ended it is that there was infidelity in the marriage on my part. And so the challenge was, is that my wife just decided that this was worth for her fighting for. Now, here's the thing for her, right? A lot of her friends are saying, like, get rid of the guy. Like, why would you spend any time with him? But as I said, she saw something more in me, in her, in what she believed in, in her truth of wanting to be married only once and wanting to do whatever it takes to make it work out. But that didn't mean I could sit on my butt and not do anything. That didn't mean I couldn't, mm -hmm. I could show up as the same guy. Like, I had to do my work. And as long as, so our marriage went from, and if anybody would have looked in and, and peeked into our situation, would have thought, well, Alan and Kim, that's a perfect couple, right? They know they always get along. They never argue and never do anything. Well, that was the biggest problem with our relationship is that we never argued because we never talked about hard things. We never dealt with the realities of that we were facing. And instead, we both were just sleepwalking through our through life. But the moment that we started to get real with each other and the moment we started to say that this is, we expect more out of the relationship. We expect more out of each other, then that's a much different place to stand on. And so there are going to be people that, that we talk to today and they're in that position where their marriages are fine and that, and they just don't understand the story. Like they don't understand why my wife decided to, to fight for it when predominantly the answer was to move on. And that's okay. Like we still, they're still, we still hang out with those folks and still spend time with them. But then we have others who, when they hear our story and we talk and we talk about it, like they just, it's like a weight was lifted off their shoulders because they were trying to figure it out. They want to make the effort to keep it. And so I think there's room for all of it, right? There's room for all of this stuff. And it's being open to hearing both sides and being able to find that fit. And, and that's the struggle that I have with today. Mm -hmm. It just, and I say this as society, at least here in the States, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but in the States, it, if you have a differing opinion, like I said earlier, they cancel you out, but then they want to then come back and bash you on everything you're doing. And it's like, man, you got that much time to bash me. Why not look at yourself and say, Hey, there's some improvement there for your, for yourself also. But I don't usually call that out, nor will I. I'll just, typically yeah. this is over social media. So <laughs> I'll just, I'll delete them or block them. I don't, I'm not looking for hate speech or anything to that extent, but it boils down into person too. And it's people's mindsets and where they go with topics they want to discuss is very negative. And yeah. I think that translates to life. And I think that's where we also struggle as human beings. When you have that negative mindset all the time and you want to accomplish all these great things, or you think you're going to accomplish all these great things and then they don't, you take that anger out on people that are around you that unfortunately don't share the same vision that you do. Completely agree. I think we attract what we attract who we are or who we project yeah. out in the world. And if what who we're who and what we project in the world is a reflection of what's going on inside of us. And if we're always angry or bitter, then not only is it are we attracting that, but we're also attracting the diseases that come with us mm -hmm. because we're in a perpetual state of stress, right? We're always on guard. And so our bodies evolve eventually will they will ultimately may bring us to our knees in one shape, way, shape, or form. And I think when we live from that place, then that can be really, it, it ultimately ends up by being lonely because I really believe that tightens up that group because who wants to hang around with 
with folks like that. And then that echo chamber that they are staying with, that little group that is participating, just self-feeds itself. It's like the old crab analogy, right? And how they catch crabs, right? You just put one in the in a crate and then once the other ones come in, nobody's getting out. And I think that's part of the challenge in life is being able to recognize and hopefully you have a circle of friends that were willing to call you out on some of this and call you out when you're maybe being overly negative. And we're, we, I would suggest that we're probably not far from what you're going through in the U.S. We have lots of divisiveness up here as well, especially on the political spectrum and oh. massive, massive inflation. I know you guys are dealing with that as well. And while it can be upsetting, my viewpoint on it is that what we need to take, all I need to take care of is my family and my household first, do the right, do the right things that serve our purposes and then help others to get to that point as well. And when there is this talk about canceling things is to challenge that. And I try and do that as the best I can. Sometimes people are willing to hear what you have to say. Other times it's just their, the hand comes up and they don't. And, and how much more energy am I going to put into that? Because zero. Yeah. It's the part that hurts. It hurts me. It does more damage to me physically, emotionally, mentally than it does for them. And so it's to catch yourself. And again, the better we can get at that, I think the better it is for all of us. Yeah. Um, last year we started a nonprofit true community and we help people get financial coaching. And unfortunately, when you haven't been given the financial tools to get where you need to go in life, people are very skeptical. But the one thing that is really, I call it, it's just a baseline. What we see from a lot of people day in and day out is they want us, the nonprofits, to do the work to clean up their credit bureau right. or to help them financially. And we just flat out have to say, we'll be here when you're ready. Yeah. Because we can't do the work. We can provide you the tools. We can support you. We can hold you accountable. We can be your cheerleader. But at the end of the day, we physically cannot do the work for you. And they wonder why they can't get ahead in life. And I think it circles us back all the way around is, how do we as, and I, we'll start as men because that's your expertise and in, I'm a man too. I want to learn some of this stuff also is how do we start at that point and become accountable and start working on our inners and making sure that we're getting to be better men and better people, better humans. Absolutely. And this is a, we basically, I say that we, you're ready for change when you're ready to take responsibility for three things in your life. And the first thing is responsibility for where you are. Because for where you are is based on the decisions that you've made. Then the second thing you need to be prepared to take responsibility for is where you want to be. So it's up to you to decide where you want to be. And the last thing you need to take, you need to take responsibility for is what you're going to need to do to get there. And it's exactly what you're saying with the nonprofit organization. The moment that you're willing to, to at least have a starting point, what is your waterline? What is the truth that's going around me? Am I financially broke? Am I living paycheck to paycheck? Is my marriage on life support system? Am I living a life that is fulfilling me in my career and in my job or my business? Or is it just, or is it just plugging time away? And the moment that we can, you can come to that conclusion, then we can start to do the work. We can start to, to take an assessment and look at what aspect of all of those do you want to spend the most that we need to spend the most time in that's going to give you the most, most results. Because sometimes we think that my business is failing. And so I want to focus on my business, but it might not be about the business. It can be about the mindset. It could be stresses that are happening at home, be that you're physically out of, not in a great condition to be able to maintain the pace that your business is asking you to do. 
And so we really dive deep then into the core about what's really going on in, in your life. And so that's once we have an understanding of what you're, where you are at today, and you can look at that with, tr- with truth and say, okay, truly, I'm, this is where I'm at. Now we can start to make a plan to help you move forward. So when you have that point where you're currently at today, so I joke about it is I do coaching on the side, but it's for broke doctors, attorneys, and airline pilots. And that's a whole nother story. But some people also reach out to me financial for financial coaching because of my background. And I'm like, okay, not a problem. But I tell them I'm the uncoach. I'm not going to co I'm not trying to coach you for months on end. I want to give you the tools to be successful and set you free. And I'll be there to help you and go through that process. How do you start with an individual and there, this is where I'm at is I always ask for the top three things they want to change in their life or they want to improve or accomplish. How does that work for you? And and if someone I could use myself, I could have problems in my, in my business, in my personal life and they, they intertwine, like you said earlier, but how unravel all that and start at that with that person. Yeah. So the, one of the, the first things we do is we put, I put them through what we call, what I call an integrity challenge. It's a questionnaire. So we touch on the six different pil- pillars in our lives. So that'll be everything from relationships, career and business, purpose, uh, your physical health and your mental health. And once we go, once they, we do this integrity assessment, it'll give them, it gives them a score and it gives them an idea of what idea, uh, an idea tongue tied today of <laughs> where we can, where we should potentially start and focus on getting thing and getting you on the right track. And once they start, once we've got that piece done, that integrity, the integrity talent challenge is done, then we can start to working on to helping them write and craft a life purpose statement. And the reason why I think purpose is so important is that without purpose, we have no reason to get up. We have no reason to do anything. It's our, it's back to that. What's our why? While I do talk in general about a larger life purpose, what we really, once we have that crafted and we go through, there's a, an eight to nine module, nine lesson module that I call it return, to, return of the King, where we go through understanding some of the archetypes that work within us. It's a lot of work from, from Moore and Gillette and King, warrior, lover, and magician. And then I take them also through a process of understanding how their belief structures were created, how, their, how to come up with the, what their values look like in life. We do a little bit of work also in, in terms of some of the, just to start to unpack a little bit about the, uh, about shadow work, that aspect of them that is preventing them from achieving what it is they say that they want to achieve. And then we put them, I also have them go through then a visioning exercise where they get an opportunity to, some men have really not practiced, used any type of a spiritual practice. And so we use a combination of vision of meditation and a guided, like a guided meditation with some questioning, some questions in it to help them come on, be, have an understanding of ultimately what that process does is get them to answer is I'm the kind of man who, and that can work for anyone. I'm the kind of woman who I'm the kind of person who, and they sit and they do after doing this other work with understanding the limiting beliefs or values, they understand how the energy, the energy that's working in them is it more coming from a king perspective or is it coming from another aspect then they start to get more clarity on what are the attributes what are the ways that they're going to that that they will need to live today in order for this ultimate goal that they're looking to achieve to actually come to fruition and so that's the really the start of it. It all forms a part of a what I call the hero's quest and it's a 90 day program that 
that I, that people go through. And it's an opportunity then to work where we can. And I like the idea of mentoring because similar to what you're saying is we'll provide you with some tools, some different ways to teach them how to do some time boxing for time management to make sure they get stuff done, lots of different tools, but really it's up for them to do the work and for them to step into their truth and then to have enough opportunities for touch in check in with the, with me to help guide them through the process, to keep them on the track because we are creatures of habit and we've had habits in our lives that have been ingrained for decades. And until someone can help point them out to you, then you you'll struggle with staying on the path. And really my goal is to, once they've completed the, the program, then they get an opportunity to raise all, we may have focused on Maybe it's the financial or the business. The idea is that we've raised the level that they show up in all aspects of their life because a rising tide lifts all ships. And so that's really the goal of, of the whole program. That is very comprehensive. It's a lot. I love it. And I want to dig. I'm going to dice it up a little bit because I've got some questions. So sure. you bring, you have somebody come on and you do the integrity test in the questionnaire and you're working through that. Is there clients where they could be, and I say complicated, and I, that's what comes to my head, but they have, let's call it half a dozen to a dozen things going on in their life, and it's across multiple spectrums. Yeah. How, how do we, and this is just asking for the listeners, how do we dissect that, and how do we, how do we start trying to accomplish those things or get them handled to a point where we think or we feel like we're in control of our lives again? That's a great question. I th- and. First thing, let's do one, start doing a little bit of myth busting. Okay. The idea of multitasking and doing a bunch of things all at once is in that we think that we're going to be more productive is a fallacy. Now, I grew up as a, in the kitchens. I was a chef and ran hotels and private clubs and all that. And yes, in that environment, we are multitasking. We're doing lots of different things. But it's a far different cry in trying to put together a meal program than it is trying to put your life program together. And so ultimately, the question comes back down to which of these half a dozen items, or use the scenario, would give you the most impact in your life? If you were to focus on one, if you had to choose one, which one of these would it be? And for some clients, that's really hard to answer because they're so used, they're so ingrained. But I can't forget this. It's not that we're, it's not that we're not going to apply any energy to that, what the goal is to come down to a decision of which one of these aspects that you're looking to tackle, all these half dozen, you pick one and we're going to put a primary energy into that one on a week to week basis so that the, the extra time or the time that we would spend trying to do all of these things, we're going to focus our energies into making sure that we get more and more put towards this one piece because we you're the one who just confirmed that this is the piece that would make the mm-hmm. most change. And then we assess. And that's why the checkpoints are so critical. So checkpoints are every 14 days. And so that's why it's really important to, to figure out, is this the right decision? Because we may find that, you know, that isn't necessarily the right impact or the habits that they've had that have been subconscious and that have been sabotaging themselves that start to come to light. And we can help now we can start to work through some of the real problems because those are the things that are under underneath that are causing the issues. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that they could have picked any one of those items, but it's the underlying current that has been changing and challenging their, themselves in their lives. And so that's kind of, that's how we manage that from someone who wants, and I'm one of those guys too, 
you're going to do try and do everything. And I always come back to the planner and look at it and go, nope, we were focusing. This week's focus was to ensure that I spent quality time with Kim. And did I plan any time in my calendar to this week? Yeah, it looks like I, I haven't. So it's a great reminder to come back and put that as an emphasis. It doesn't mean I've all of a sudden shaved off a bunch of hours out of everywhere else. It's not about time. It's about quality and it's about focused attention, purposeful action for, for something that is important to me in that moment. And part of that, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, is sure. we, I like your scheduler or you're writing things down and putting it on the books. Most of us, and I, including me until probably about a year and a half, two years ago, I didn't write down goals. I didn't schedule the important things like you're talking about. And now on the other side of my camera, I have this big whiteboard that have, I typically have four to six goals that I want to accomplish in the month, but they're prioritized one mm -hmm. through four, one through six. So I focus on the very first one because I'm with you. When I worked in corporate America, I, I ran call centers, collection agencies, underwriting. I had at high point 2,500, 2,800 employees reporting to me. It's a daunting task and you have to multitask, but nothing ever got to the finish line. I was always in triage. Now as an entrepreneur, I've learned, okay, I can slow down and really focus on the things that are going to make the biggest impact in my business, which is now translating to my life. And mm -hmm. I can triage those things and start focusing. But I try, and this is still a struggle, I want to focus on that very first thing that I want to accomplish, and I always go back and revisit it. I typically, by Thursday or Friday of that week that I set that goal for, I'm on it and making sure that I've done it throughout the week. If I have not, and it's not been to my liking, I hold it, and it goes to the following week. So there's sometimes yeah. I'm not getting stuff done, but I'm learning to be better at holding yeah. myself accountable for those things. Otherwise, they don't get done, and it impacts my life professionally and personally. Oh, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the key about that is that what I'm hearing you saying is that you're not beating yourself up about it. And that's really important. It's some people that's a bit of a motivator, but it can also ultimately become demotivating because we're because of because of that, how that can come across. And so it isn't so much about being perfect. It's one of the things that they, that's popular term in, in a lot of 12 step programs is it's progress over perfection. And I really like that. And that's what that's the, our focus in life. And I think those of us that are perfectionists that need to have everything just right before we launch something or just right before we do something, even attempt it, that to remind ourselves that it's progress first. We need to have progress. We need to move our, make, take a movement and move and do something, whether that's writing a goal down. Maybe you've committed in your time blocking piece, you've committed to do an hour of work on something, but you ultimately only did half an hour. Celebrate that. It's about being better. What can you do better next week? How can you improve upon what it is that you're working on? And I think when you stay, the work is really about staying in the present. When you can stay mm -hmm. present, then the, all these stories and, the, and that you're telling yourself and about how things are just vanish because now it's real. It's right here in front of me. I'm doing, I'm taking purposeful action. This is what I'm going to do today in this moment, in this, at this time. And when we stay that, and when we stay that present, I think we'll be quite surprised what we can accomplish in, in a short period, like 90 days. And your life changes and it gets for, it becomes for the better. And the best way to describe it is once you're able to clear your mind out and focus on that one thing and bring it to the finish line, 
is life-changing. But this is where I always like to throw things out to people. What's the worst thing that can happen if you don't, maybe that task doesn't get completed on time? Is it something that's life critical? Someone going to die? Is your life going to be altered? Probably not. You can still accomplish it and still learn. Even if you fail, you're still learning. And people, I just, and this is just me and you can, you, I'd love to hear your thought on it, on this is you can fail. It's okay to fail. It's what you do with it afterwards. And it's all about not quitting. And Absolutely. It's, it's a ahead. struggle. No, it's a, I struggle with people telling me I tried. I'll give you an example. I was talking to a gentleman earlier this week and he wants to start a business. And I've, the first two questions are, okay, what type of business and what have you done to plan for this business? And he tells me the business and I said, okay, that's cool. And you could probably monetize that. Great. And then I said, so what have you, how long have you been thinking about this? Three years. Okay. What planning have you done? What have you, what research have you done? Do you have a business plan? Have you started to think about marketing and, and monetization? Oh no, that's why I want somebody like you to do that. This was on the telephone. <laughs> I know it felt like two years, but it was probably five or 10 seconds of just dead silence for me. Cause I was like, oh my God, what do I say to this guy? I really had some unfiltered words to say. Uh, but my response is, I'm sorry, but I can't do that for you. It's not a business for me. It's for you. Why don't you want to do the work? And he goes, it's hard, but I want somebody else to do it for me. And then I can learn or I can learn from them. And I'm like, there's a thing called a mentor and they can help you with that. And he was just dumbfounded. It's just, I feel bad for that person, but also at the same time as how many more people are out there like that struggling that they need to have a shift in their mindset and start really working on themselves. You know, the scary answer to that is way too many. And that's why I come back to the, those three reasons for ready to take responsibility for where you are, basically where you are, who you are and who you aspire to become. Cause if you're not willing to take responsibility, responsibility for where you are and then for who you want to become, how are you even going to get to where you want to get to? And so the challenge is, is that I think for most, you know, a lot of us where we we want to be spoon fed, we want the quick fix. Look at our advertising. You know, first it was when I just watched the evolution over the last couple of years as I'm getting familiar and more comfortable with social media, but you used to be able to do posts and all that. Now it's got to be a, then it was a 60 second reel. Now that's 15 seconds. And it's like, we want everything like instant gratification. Yes. And unfortunately in life, if you want anything truly meaningful, it's not going to be an instant. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's going to take work, but that work is so worth it. If you don't do the work in five years, it's just in at I'm 56 today at 47, at 44, I decided I wanted to get my MBA. So I started on the path and I thought I'm getting old to, be, to get my MBA. And I thought it's four years. What will happen if I don't take get involved in this MBA program in four years? I'll be four years older without an MBA. Okay, I'm going to do it. So, right, in four more years, if I applied myself and, and went to work, at the end, hopefully, I pass and I, began, and I have my MBA. Lo and behold, at just before 50, I had my MBA. So, it's we don't think of things like that. We just think, well, oh, it's, it's too late to start or... Whatever excuse you're used to telling yourself to start anything, I'm I'm too fat, so I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm it's too hard. I don't want to count calories. Well, 
okay, then don't do it. And then the next five years of your life, you're going to, it's going to be the same as the previous five years. Something has to change. And so I come back and I keep harping with the guys is that, are you ready to take responsibility for where you're at? All of it, not a part of it, but all of it. And can you look in the mirror and be honest with yourself of where it is that you're not showing up the way you aspire to show up? And those are hard conversations to have. And so the key is to make sure that you've got, you have a brotherhood or you have a sisterhood or a group of individuals, no matter how big, could be one, two, three, 10, 50, that you can talk about these things and you can work through stuff because in the end, we're all cut from the same cloth. Mm -hmm. And so the more we can recognize that we can come together and help each other, then we aspire all of ourselves to move forward. And we only have one shot at life. And this is it. Some people think it's it's going to keep on going and going, and we're getting close on time. But I wanted to go on one other topic is sure. Gary V, Gary Vanerchuk talks about this is at any point in your life, you can start something. You just have to go out and do it and want it bad enough. And you're right with social media. It's like instant gratification on everything. And I'm with you. I didn't adopt TikTok or Reels, and I struggled with it because, dude, I put out this long content form. People are consuming it, and I'm like, I'm doing pretty well with it. And then all of a sudden, you got to do Reels. You got to do TikTok. Okay, I'll try it, and we'll figure it out. And it's doing really, really, it's doing decently, but I also am not in that channel to where I sit on TikTok all day and look at stuff. All I do, all we do is post stuff and get off, and that's it. Yeah. But that translates into what people or how people handle their lives. It's all about the now and it's all about it's got to you got to give it to me. And it's it, that's a huge struggle with me. And I try to be a better person about it, but can't because it's like I've busted my hump for eight mm. years to get my business to where it's at. And it didn't happen overnight. And I had plenty of failures along the way. It just it life doesn't work that way. You have to put the time and effort in and it's. We've just seemed to lose that, that fighting ability to get somewhere in life and really just start going and going. And it's like, I don't know how to describe it anymore. I'm probably more frustrated than anything about it. Yeah, but it's so true. And I think the key piece is that, and I can remember when, and I've been three years now, just about three years into my business. And I can remember when I, and I had made a commitment one year, I said, okay, I'm going to post, do two posts a day and Instagram, I want to get better at that. And so I was doing it, but then I also found myself going down the rabbit hole, checking how many likes did I get every day? Oh yeah. And, it, and you know, I was, again, because of my personality is to measure myself against stuff. And I'm going, okay, I got to stop. I just stopped doing that. I got to your same point as yourself, but I think the key of what I'm trying to say here is that it's really important to get involved in a community, and whether that's your community or not, the community that I'm building or anybody's, any community, whatever resonates for you. Maybe you're into woodworking, a cooking community, it doesn't matter, but to get around people that you can help, that can help move forward through some of those challenging times. Because I find through those communities, you talk more about things than just what the core community group may be about and other starts other aspects of light start to come in and i think that's so key and while we have technology that we're doing today to get connected we just we don't use it necessarily for this purpose we don't use it in the best in the most positive way that we could and instead we use it for quick fixes and we stay caught in our own minds in our own stories and when we get stuck in there it can be really it can be really painful for people it's sad and there's we could go on for hours on talking about that because that's a challenge and we've lost that connection to being together as human beings we should be some type of togetherness and physically want to spend time with one another but we rather spend time on our cell phones 
or on the internet or whatever the case is. And you tune it out. And when I go out to dinner every so often with my girlfriend and we'll sit there and we talk back and forth, phones away, and you yeah. watch all the other people at their tables and literally full families, individuals just sitting there on the phone, tuned out. And it's like, man, that's the time where you want to connect and be around the people that you love and support. It's your tribe. That's what you want to do. And it's, we've gotten so disconnected. Yeah, so true. I think as much, like I said, as much as technology has been there to help us, I think it's really been a way to keep us separated. And even, even to this day, there'll be times where my wife and I will be sitting on the couch and she's got her phone and I've got mine. And then one of us ultimately will look at the other and go, what are we doing? What, what are you doing? Yeah. Are we 15? <laughs> yeah. Get rid of the phone and let's have a conversation. Let's, let's spend time, quality time together because that's not really quality time. Wow. Time has flown. Look at this. We're 50 minutes into this thing and we're going. So right Alan, how could everybody get a hold of you? Yeah, the best place to do that is at the website at theawakenedman.net. And right on the front page there, it'll come in, there'll be a little pop-up. There's a, a meaning and purpose ebook that you can get for free. So I encourage you to download that. It talks a little bit about the the nine or 10 pillars that we have in our work that we do here in our men's work, but really it's good for any, for anyone. There's just a way we help lead each other. And so I recommend going to there and downloading the ebook. I will put your web address or your link in the show notes so people could get a hold of you and go there. Do you work with everybody? And when I say everyone, I mean, outside of Canada, so United States, Canada, anywhere, cause it's all virtual or is it in person or yeah, both? Those yeah, it's, it is both, but we're right now we're on, uh, we're virtual. So we meet, I do have two programs. We do run monthly mentorship group program with the band of brothers. That's the okay. second and fourth Tuesday, fourth Wednesday of the month. They can find that info on the event, on the website as well. And, cool. and so we meet virtually. So we get people from all over. I've had people chime in from Australia and in the U S. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Sir, I thank you for coming on the show. It's been a wonderful conversation and it's so great what you're doing and you're taking your life challenges and helping others that are in that similar situation to be in a better place because we all need it. We Every single day we need it. I mean, it's, yeah, we sure do. We, it's the only way we improve. Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you, Ryan, for having me on the show today and keep up the great work with Chasing Happiness. Thank you, sir. Have a great day and stay warm up there in Canada. We sure will. <laughs> Bye-bye.